Drums, please. How can you not feel oh, good listening this to this? This song is such a happy place. Hello and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Man, I'm hot. Yeah, it's I mean, 93 like, degrees out there. It is 93, but this weekend it's looking like 112 as far as the heat index. Are you serious? Yes. Ooh, that's like you should skip that warrior dash you were thinking uh, about. Consider it skipped. Or, you know, bring up three gallons of water per mile. That's brutal. Yeah, for sure. Well, together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. So, Tobe, clearly it's on out there. What song are we listening to? We are listening to a song called Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Let's hop into the DeLorean and find out what track was sampled to make this hit. Rewind! Until you hear this. This whole episode is just a happy place. Ain't it? Yeah. I love that, just bouncing around on both sides of the eardrums right there. Yeah, it is nice. Smooth. Mm. Hear that in the background? Violins coming yeah. in? Yeah, it's pretty. Please tell the good people what we are listening to. This is the song Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. Now, Joe, you and I have talked about doing this episode since there was snow on yes, the ground, yes. right? And I can't believe we are just now getting to it. Easily one of my favorite songs. I can't wait to get into it either. So Yeah, one of my all-time favorites as well. Let's dive in. Tell me a little bit more about Cool and the Gang. So Cool and the Gang was formed by brothers Robert and Ronald Bell in 64 in Jersey City. They got together with their friends and formed an instrumental group called the Jazzy Axe. Now, the brothers had moved from Youngstown in our home state of Ohio, and Robert gave himself the nickname of Cool, spelled with a K, as a way of adapting to the street gangs in his neighborhood. If that's all it took, I'd have given myself a nickname, too. I think from here on mm. out, you can just call me, like, Joe Frozen. Watson. I'm going to tell you right now that, that that's a that's a bad idea. I'm, I want you to make like a Cher's last name mm. and just drop it. Okay? Just just like let that just, let that go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. Well, but fine. But for the record that, you know, the cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> so the brothers Bell had a cool connection to some jazz Oh, monsters. look at you going with cool <laughs> again. Well done. Fantastic. So, their father and uncle were both boxers, and they had moved to New York to train and ended up living in the same apartment as Thelonious Monk. Mm. And then a guy named Miles Davis Miles. was stopped the by. Miles Davis. Yeah, so, he stopped by because he wanted to be a boxer. He, Isn't what? that interesting? Yeah. No, come Miles, on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he made the right career choice over boxing. Otherwise, I think he might have ended up kind of blue. Mm. You know what? Can we listen to So What from that kind of blue album, please? Well played. talk about smooth. Never yeah. a bad day for Miles, right? Never a bad day. And this is summer too, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Perhaps one of the finest jazz albums ever created. Thanks for playing that iconic track for us, man. You got it, buddy. Well, I've got one more random connection here. Robert was not the only Cool Bell. Hmm. Do you remember Cool Papa Bell? You mean the iconic baseball player? Mm-hmm. 
The one that was so fast they could turn off the lights and be in bed before it got dark. <laughs> I love that story. Yes, that is the one. So Paul Simon actually made a song about him a couple of years ago, and mm. it's the only time that I've heard Paul Simon drop a mother of an F-bomb on a recording. <laughs> wow. I know. That's so saying a lot. let's listen to Cool Papa Bell, minus the bad word. And guess what? This song has tubas. It's got a tuba. It's got tubas. Let's do it. Still got that cool Paul Simon vibe, though. That the beauties go to heaven and the ugly go to hell. Cool Papa Bell. Yeah. Give some love to the tuba section. That's all right. Okay, well, let's get back to Cool and the Gang. So, obviously, there were a lot of members to this band. Like a gang. Like a a full gang. Seriously, (laughs) not half a gang, a full gang. So, because you don't get that horn and rhythm section with just only two people. True. Now, there's a number of talented musicians that have played with them over the years. We're going to highlight a couple of them throughout the episode. So the band started a regular gig at the Blue Note Lounge in 1967, and one of the club's MCs introduced them one night as Cool and the Flames. Now, I think he might have been one of the early pun pioneers. Yeah, that's a man after your own heart. There, so my I, I, I want to dub him a punineer. Oh my God! <laughs> right, okay. All right. Well, since James Brown Band was already named the Famous Flames, they changed their name to Cool and the Gang. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Mm-mm. And and wait a minute, and didn't Jimi Hendrix change his band name from the Blue Flames? Seems like the the Godfather had had quite a lockdown on on the fire moniker altogether. Take the band name, leave the cannolis. (laughs) All right, so the gang signed to D-Light Records in 1970 and released their self-titled debut album, Cool and the Gang. This collection of funky instrumentals hit number 46 on the hot R&B charts and featured songs like Raw Hamburger. Raw hamburger. Yeah. I'm not eating I wouldn't that. eat it, but I'm not well, let's listen to let's it. Let's listen to it, though. We can at least do that. I think this is like the sound of mixing up meatloaf, right? <laughs> Got your raw hamburger. You're throwing in all the other seasoning. It's funky. It is funky. So they follow with two live albums and a couple of more studio releases, but music critics and audiences had a really hard time identifying which genre to put them in. So, you know, are they jazz? Is it rock or funk? And they finally had the commercial breakthrough in 73 with the release of their fourth studio album, Wild and Peaceful, which contained the hit single, Jungle Boogie. So let's mm. give that a spin. Okay. And this is this is a jam, like certified right here. This would be the grade A beef that you put in your raw hamburger. <laughs> it's Angus. Kobe. Kobe. Well, Jungle Boogie would hit number four on the charts and go on to be sampled in over 150 songs, including Oof. this one by the Beastie Boys from Paul's Boutique. Let's get it. Uh, hey, ladies. Let's do it. I got to revisit this album. Give me both. 
Yep, classic stuff, man. Classic stuff. So in this song, reached further epic status as the opening scene in Pulp Fiction switched from the guitar stylings of Dick Dale to Jungle Boogie. Man, Tarantino knows exactly what to do with a soundtrack, right? True that. The following year, Cool and the Gang released their fifth studio album, Light of Worlds, and this contained our first feature track, Summer Madness. Let's give it one more spin. This sounds like the music that, you know, once you see the girl you want to talk to at the party, this plays in the background. Like all the other conversations. <laughs> as, you're, as you're walking yes. across the floor. That's right. Yeah. You guys, your eyes meet. <laughs> it's beautiful. Then you start to say something, you spit out your first line, and she reaches in her pocket and pulls out a, a stick of gum because oh. you need it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you just. That's hot. Poof goes there. <laughs> there goes that, that bubble. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. So there's yet another connection to an epic movie, this time to the original Rocky. So in one scene, Sly Stallone, known as Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. heads over to feed his fish. And just before doing so, he starts spinning summer madness. Yeah, so longtime Cool and the Gang collaborator Cleveland Brown had this to say. About wait a minute, that. wait a minute. Hold on, hold up. Yeah. You said Cleveland Brown. Yeah. Okay, now I know you are a little bit excited about our football team in training season. I am, I yes. have a it's hard July. time. Camp's going to start soon. I'm thinking that you, you had to mean uh, George Funky Brown, the band's drummer. Well, while it's true I cannot wait for the Cleveland Browns season to kick off, there is actually a guy named Cleveland Brown. Really? Yeah, who worked with Cool and the Gang. And he's actually credited with doing the liner notes for many of their albums. So Cleveland had this to say about the scene in Rocky. So nobody had told us we were watching this movie about a a white boxer. And when it comes to the scene where Stallone dropped the needle on the record and Summer Madness started playing, I can tell you that we got pretty loud in that theater. (laughs) I bet they did. Sure. That is an awesome story. And and I hope part of the reason they got loud is because the song was properly licensed. Mm -hmm. Because I would imagine the royalty checks from Rocky are pretty good. Well, I'd have been pretty loud. I was thinking, like, why did I pay for these tickets? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm in in the the movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, Light of Worlds was followed up by the 1975 album Spirit of the Boogie. And this album contains references to some of their earlier works, including on the track Winter Sadness, which clearly is an extension of Summer Madness. Yeah, and it's something we're all too familiar with in these parts come January. Man. So let's listen to Winter Sadness, but but not too long, because I, I don't want to spend time Seriously. There. Winter Sadness. Winter Sadness. It is interesting how just that vocal line can make it sound... Mm-hmm. Sad. Sad. Bleak. Yeah. It's pretty, though. It is pretty. Well, speaking of sadness, I feel like I have to change my voice on here, right? (laughs) Speaking of sadness. Speaking of sadness. Cool and the gang. Started to wane in popularity during the rise of disco during Mm. the late 70s. Now, now here's a quote from Robert Bell. So we got away from the basic cool and the gang sound, and the public didn't like it. Yeah, well, to help rectify the situation... The band made a couple of savvy moves. First, they brought in a lead vocalist to help hone in their sound. By 1979, James and J.T. Taylor joined the band, and the warmth and the smoothness of his voice allowed the band to start creating ballads that they just couldn't perform before because no one in the band could sing them. 
this is why anytime I write a ballad, I'm just sending it straight over to you for the vocals, buddy. Man, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah, I'm gonna, that. I'm not going to ruin it with, with my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be as bad as Baldry. Can't be as bad as that dude. Can't be as bad as Sonic the Hedgehog Nemesis. <laughs> One thing I'll say, so this is crazy part, right? To me, this is nuts, yeah. is that I've always, always thought that Cool was, was the, the lead singer. Was the lead singer. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that, that he's not the lead singer? I mean, that, that's, that's yeah, nuts. Yeah, on some of their biggest hits, he's not the guy doing the vocals. Seriously. That, that's awesome. The other move that they made was the hiring of Brazilian musician Umir Diodato to be their producer. And please let me use this as an opportunity to shout out our Brazilian listeners, especially the Leobi crew. Yes, sir. Yeah, you and I were fortunate enough to create some music recently with the Latin American Institute of Business and the Organization Rhapsody Program. Yep, yep. And we are thrilled to have some more fans of the show in Latin America. That's right, that's right. So Emir focused on giving Cool and the Gang a more mainstream pop sound with catchy choruses, and I'd say it worked. So they released the album Ladies Night in 1979, which contains the title track. Let's listen to that. Yeah. It's Ladies Night, and girl, the feeling's good. from Hey Ladies. Yeah, the ladies' <laughs> night. You know what happens then? It gets too hot. Mm. It's got so many great bass lines. So, Ladies' Night would hit number one on the Billboard R&B charts and number eight on the Hot 100, and it was joined by another top ten hit, which we just referenced, Too Hot. Too Hot. Let's, Let's hear get it. Otherwise known as Cleveland. <laughs> JT's smooth, too, boy. Smooth. Too hot, lady. Gotta cool this anger. What a mess we made. So in 1980, the party really starts. In fact, it's a celebration. I knew this was coming. Which is the name of their only single to reach number one of the Billboard Hot 100 charts and a staple at every wedding, bar mitzvah, Cavs game, (laughs) soccer game. It doesn't matter. It's It's just a staple. Yeah. Well, my niece is getting married this weekend, so congratulations, Julia and Joe. Congrats. I'm sure we will hear this one on the dance floor, so maybe we can just skip playing it in this episode. No way, man. It's a party up in here. Let's go. Let's get it. (laughs) All right. That's right. That scream is, that's legit. (laughs) You hear me? It's a great song. You know, the first three million times you hear it. <laughs> it's one of those songs where if someone mentions it to me, like, ah, I don't really want to hear that. Right. But once it's on, once it's, it's on, a you got to do what you just did. It's, it's a wrap. Start gyrating hips. <laughs> so their last album with Deodato was 1982's As One, which failed to match the success of their previous collaborations. Mm-hmm. However, before we move on from Mr. Deodato, I want to make a note of one more connection. You are familiar with the actor Stephen Baldwin, right? Yep, one of the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Although he's definitely not Kaiser Sose. He right, right. is, however, married to 
Mr. Deodato's daughter, Kenya, and they have a daughter, Haley, that you may be familiar with. Are we talking about Haley? That's the daughter of imminent... No, that's not wrong Haley. Wrong Haley. Wrong Haley. (laughs) (laughs) So, Haley, you must mean the the wife of the Biebs, Justin Bieber. That is the one. So let's keep the Latin American vibes going and listen to one of Bieber's biggest hits, the remix of Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee smash hit, Despacito. Mm, Play it slowly. So, we were in family vacation. We were in Mexico, and this song is, like, ridiculously played oh, in sure. everything. Well, it's about as overplayed as celebration. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it's a good song, though. Good song. All right, well, even though they ended their relationship with Deodato, Cool and the gang did not stop making hits. In 1984, they released their highest-selling album, Emergency. So that album contained four top 20 singles, including the title track Fresh and the ballad Cherish. Let's hear that. Mm, more so, smoothness. This is, this is, yeah, this is on, on the tape. You know that, right? <laughs> you know it's on the tape. I often pray you looked at me like, Toby, is it on the tape? It's on the tape. Well, you already understand. know. I listened to this two weeks ago. Sure did. <laughs> I bet you sure did. Before I awake, could I make it through? Sing it, JT. Sing it now. That's right. Don't take it for granted. Give what you can now. Even if it's your ruffles. Even if it's your ruffles. If it's your ruffles, your last potato chip, yeah. give it up. Cherish the love now. Especially if it's like cheddar and sour cream. Man, mm-hmm. stop being selfish. Well, Emergency <laughs> also contains one of my all-time favorite hits from the band, Misled. Okay. This reached number 10 on the Hot 100, and I, I guarantee you I've listened to this in the last 10, two weeks. So, Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure I have. Let's hear it. Like Pandora's box. I'm not familiar with this song. I really am not. Seriously, is one of my all-time favorite tracks. All right. Oh yeah, I'm not familiar with this one. It's a good track. It's not familiar with it. That's all right. Learning something. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome, buddy. (laughs) So that album marked the peak of their commercial success, but I wanted to give them props for paying it forward. So during their 1987 tour, they established a public service program to encourage kids to stay in school. And as a part of that, they'd give free tickets to students who had perfect attendance. That is awesome. And then in 2012, they agreed to open for another band on tour. It's an odd pairing. Let's see if you can guess. Do you remember the show One Day at a Time, you know, from, from back in the day? That I do. I do mm-hmm. remember that. That That is back in the day, though. Yeah, so I had a crush on one of the stars of that show who mm. later went on to star in Touch by an Angel and Hot in Cleveland. Man, it is hot in Cleveland. So, mm-hmm. going to hit the 90s today at least. What's that, like 93 degrees yeah, for sure? Yeah, 93 right now, yeah. But I think you're referring to the one and only... Valerie Bertinelli. I am. Man, yeah, you ain't man. the only one. Got like, Get in line. Get in line if you had a crush on her. Well, the band that Cool and the Gang would tour with in 2012 is actually named after Ms. Bertinelli's ex-husband. Now, I don't want to jump to any conclusions here. <laughs> well, there's only one of them. But are you talking about Eddie Van Halen? I am. 
So you mean to tell me that Cool and the gang toured with Van Halen? Yes. Isn't that crazy? That is a very odd pairing. Yeah. So apparently it was David Lee Roth's idea. And Robert Bell said, quote, we were rehearsing in L.A. before the tour. Roth told me that Van Halen's fan base is 60% ladies. And we have the song Ladies Night. You guys were the pop funk group of the 80s. And we were the rock party band of the 80s. He said, cool. It makes sense to me. And I said, David, it does to me, too. So let's party. (laughs) So speaking of parties, let's get into our second feature track, Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Now we'll start with how they met, which is totally by chance. So Jeff Towns, a.k.a. Jazzy Jeff, and Will Smith, a.k.a. Fresh Prince, met at a house party. It was only a couple of doors down from where Will lived, and he volunteered to step in and be Jeff's hype man when Jeff's hype man was a little late. So in doing so, they took note of the chemistry that they had and decided to make some music together. Yeah, I bet neither of them woke up that day thinking, hey, we're going to go meet somebody. That's going to change the course of my life. It's funny how things like that happen. Agreed, agreed. So in 1986, they released their first single, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, on the Word Up Records label. And this successfully got the attention of Russell Simmons and Jive Records. And please keep in mind that this single was released while Will was still in high school, so that could explain why he was foolish enough to say something like, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, think about that. Think about being big man on campus oh. in high school with that track. Well, he's B-Mock for sure. And I lo- <laughs> nice. And I also love that this samples the theme from the TV sitcom I Dream of Genie. So let's listen to it. Let's do it. It wasn't my fault. Nevertheless, don't mean to bust your bubble. But girls of the world ain't not my trouble. But it's time a girl gives you the play. Just remember my rhymes and get the hell away. And more tubas. Actually, those are probably trombones, but... More horns. More horns. So the duo's first album, entitled Rock the House, was released in April of 87, and soon Will and Jeff found themselves on tour with the likes of Public Enemy and Run DMC. Now, do you have any idea what I would have given to be on that tour bus? Yeah, I think if I were to rub a lamp and have a genie here, that would be one of your first mm-hmm, wishes right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Well, Rock the House sold 300,000 copies, and that was enough to greenlight the next album, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper, in 1988. They recorded most of the album in the UK, and it made history as hip-hop's first double album on vinyl. Even more importantly, it earned them the very first hip-hop Grammy for their hit Parents Just Don't Understand. Let's take a listen to that. I got home and told my mom how my day went. She said if they were laughing, you don't need them because they're not good friends. For the next six hours, I tried to explain to my mom. You know, I, I love this track back in the day, and now I'm like, yeah, mom's totally right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how, how it changes, right? I bet, you know what would be smart is if he actually came out with a song right now, like kids just don't understand. <laughs> kids, that would be awesome. <laughs> It is a fun track. It is, man. It definitely is. So so that fun track it was awarded with the first Grammy for Best Rap Performance and was 12 on the Billboard charts and definitely made some history. And as fate would have it, they also made a little bit of trouble. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of a funny story. So their third single from this album was called Nightmare on My Street. And the song was based on a comical confrontation with Freddy Krueger, a right. fictional character from, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Well, this single reached number 15 on the Billboard 100. So let's take a listen to Nightmare on My Street. And something about Elm Street was the movie we saw. The way it started was decent, you know, nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred and this girl named Nancy. But word, when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed all right when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep... 
that began the nightmare on my street. So apparently, not everyone was laughing at the song like I was, right? So Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff coordinated the release of this single with the release of the Nightmare on Elm Street movie and later had to issue a public statement to state that the song had in no way was attached to the film project. Wow. Uh, apparently, a lot of people can't take a joke, huh? Yeah, apparently. Apparently not. Parents don't understand. Neither, neither did the movie company, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> well, I guess business is something, you know, sometimes not necessarily a, a laughing matter. Mm-hmm. And neither is the fact that this album went triple platinum. Wow, nice. Okay, so unless you're laughing all the way to the bank, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince released their third album entitled And In This Corner mm-hmm. on, on Halloween in 1989. Right, right. This album reached number 39 on the Billboard 200 album chart and went gold despite going head-to-head with newly popular acts like Young MC and Tone Loke. They also a lot of their street-based popularity from acts like Big Daddy Kane and Boogie Down Productions. Yeah, so their lead single, I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. I don't think you can. Not at all. (laughs) So it was in the same vein as their past singles involving a comedic story over a solid beat. Let's take a listen to that. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and yo, Jeff, straight up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. You could beat him, man. No man words. You could beat him, man. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. So as they say, if you work hard, good things are sure to happen. And for Will, this was certainly the case. Years earlier, he was approached by New Line Cinema to do a movie and turned it down. And the movie ended up being House Party. Oops. <laughs> Oops, for sure. So <laughs> Oops. At first glance, right, when I when I researched this, I was like, oh, my God, how could you turn down yeah, House Party? I mean, right. it, it's a classic movie in a lot of the circles that oh, I yeah. run in, right? Yeah. Um, well, but... I mean, you can see what happened to him later, and you can't help but think that divine intervention might have played a little part. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, apparently, Quincy Jones and Apparently, NBC, Quincy Jones apparently, is divine intervention. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> divine intervention, a.k.a. Quincy Jones. Right. So, divine intervention and NBC approached Will to star in a sitcom with jazz set to make appearances ever so often, right? So, unfortunately, success doesn't necessarily mean that everything goes your way. No. Sometimes accountants get in the way. Despite (laughs) the success of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it looks like Will committed the cardinal sin for entertainers. He didn't pay the tax, man, and was sentenced to pay around $2.8 million. Yeah, that's a very big chunk. That's an expensive lesson. Uh, but it didn't stop him from releasing another album in 1991 called Home Base. Now, this album went platinum and features our second feature track, Summertime. Let's take another listen. Do you remember when this came out, right? So you, you watched the show. I mean, everybody was watching the show. I felt like everyone was watching the show. Oh, yeah. And they said, hey, right after the show, we got a new song. And I was like, ah! And it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I spent this summer painting the outside of our house. Uh. It was great summer for music, but this one was pretty much on, like, nonstop. Right. I believe it. I believe it. So I love this song. It's appropriate for the weather we're having right now. Obviously, we weren't the only ones that appreciated it since it earned the group another Grammy. So one thing that I love about Fresh Prince, you know, outside of his diversity of of talent, is the fact that he can tell a funny story on the mic. And in that respect, there seems to be a void in hip-hop right now. So, But there are still artists that have a sense of humor and not afraid to to let it go Mm -hmm. on the microphone, right? So here's a track that encaptures that funny type of storytelling. Now, it's a hip-hop duo 
called Soul Position. It's comprised of MC Blueprint and DJ slash producer RJD2. And this song is called Jerry Springer Episode. I can tell you that these guys are pretty well known in underground circles. Yeah. And Blueprint actually is a, he's a good friend of mine. I love this track. There's <laughs> not one time that I don't listen to it and it doesn't make me laugh. Let's take a listen to that. Talking about, said I had a man get out of here. I can't believe you were trying to steal my man's chair. Dude turned around like, you were man. I'm like, hell no. So he socked her in the door. <laughs> took off his jacket like he was about to house her. But before they could swear off, he could cuff the bouncer. bouncer. Trying to squash the action. Meanwhile, I'm in the front row steady laughing. I ain't never seen bouncers that raw. They kicked Shorty's ass from the ball to the door. By the time they finally tossed her ass outside, I had already pulled around and well, even though Will Smith would go on to be, well, I guess Will Smith, right. uh, the duo avoided, thankfully, their own Jerry Springer drama. Will's relationship with Jeff is still strong, and they remain friends. In fact, they maintain that the duo's actually never really broken up, and as recently as 2017, they performed together. It's awesome to see that fame and fortune does not always divide people. Agreed, agreed. So since it's summer and we're in the mood to celebrate, what do you say we take a listen to some of the biggest hits about summer for our bonus material? Oh, I like it. All right. Let's go, let's go old school first with one of my favorite tracks by The Love and Spoonful. I love the picture this song so vividly paints. You can sort of just feel like the grit and the dirt and the heat on your back. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the 1966 song, Summer in the City. Let's do it. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirty. This song had been sampled a, a lot of times too. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. Look at that. And when you get to nighttime, it's all okay. <laughs> well, when it gets hot, you need a little breeze to cool you off, and maybe a little summer breeze from Seals and Croft. Mm-hmm. So let's hear that song. It's number six on the Billboard Hot 100 in the summer of '72. Guitar on the song is sick. I love the guitar. Dude, on the song. that's yeah. good. I actually don't. But, you don't like it? But that's that's music, man. I love it. You know what? Maybe I like the Asley Brothers version. Yeah, guitar yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Or George Benson's version. Stop. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's now you're just showing off. <laughs> well, without that little summer breeze, the sun can kind of make it a cruel summer. Just uh, ask Daniel LaRusso. Sweep the leg, Johnny! Sweep the <laughs> well, leg! B- Bananarama summed it up pretty succinctly with their hit from that movie that reached number nine in 1984. Let's listen to Cruel Summer. Let's get it. Not going to lie, I popped this in on the way over here. Did you? <laughs> I was like, I got to hear this again. No judgment. It's a judgment-free zone. It's all right. <laughs> the line's actually pretty cool. It's like to hear, yeah. This is another song you hear every year. Every year. Every year. That's all right. So no matter how hot it is, you can always have fun in the summertime if you keep things laid back and funky. Yes, sir. Now, there are a few masses of that better than Sly and the Family Stone. Now, mm. let's listen to their number two charting hit from 1969, Hot Fun in the Summertime. This is at the end of the party when you're just lounging on the, on the picnic table. Mm-hmm. Waiting for Uber. <laughs> Waiting for Uber. That's right. <laughs> like, that was a good party. <laughs> I cannot drive. <laughs> I 
Well, you know, when you get to the end of the party, Tobe, when the fun's over, sometimes, mm. sometimes you're just a little sad, right? Right, right. Well, so was, so was Lana Del Rey um, <laughs> and her hit Summertime Sadness. So let's take a listen to the 2012 remix by okay. Cedric Gervais, for which he actually won a Grammy. Okay, let's do that. One of my favorite lines, by the way. Is it? Just so visual. She can sing. Oh, yeah. She's, she's got some pipes. She impresses me. It's a good track. I might have to listen to this again. It's huge back, you remember, like a few years ago? Yeah, it's like all the time. So you know what makes me sad? What's that, buddy? Running out of time on this show, man. Uh, but we, we got to yeah. wrap things up. So right. why don't you wrap it up and, and tell the good people what we cover today? Well, today our first featured track was Summer Madness from Cool and the Gang. And our second featured track was Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So tell me, Tub, what do we have lined up for our next episode? I'm so glad that you asked. So next time I see you again, we'll connect the dots from a modern-day New Jersey hitmaker to a man known as the genius. And someone Billy Joel once referred to as more important than Elvis. Wow. Well, I cannot wait. So until then, stay cool out there, Daddy-O. And we'll catch you next time on Rips on Rips. Keep listening. Huzzah. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.